Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! DFS DJ Nation, what is up? What is happening? We are back. We are post Thanksgiving Day slate, which I think we did. I went pretty well for the most part. Uh, you know, D Bro was all over uh, Mac Jones. Turned out to, to be correct. Uh, one of the best plays on the slate at a very low ownership. So shout out to D Bro. But we are back. It is Friday night. We are recording the main slate for everybody for Week Twelve, which this slate looks to be. Very, very intriguing, to say the least. We have a lot of value running backs that we'll talk about here. We have quite a few different uh, directions we can go on this slate, so I think that should be good. And uh, we are on to Christmas season. Uh, we are officially past Thanksgiving now, so it is on to Christmas, and uh, happy for that. hope everybody uh, had a good Black Friday. Um, I did not even mess with it. And some of the deals I was seeing posted online uh, are from like, like brick-and-mortar stores like Walmart and Target. They were like, was forty dollars thirty five dollars? <laughs> just <laughs> took like two or three bucks off, like five right? bucks, whatever. And I'm like, wow, okay, uh, way to go. So, anyways, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk about the uh, quarterback position, like we always do. At right up the top, we have Patrick Mahomes, who's eighty two hundred against the Rams, who will not have Matt Stafford. Then you have Lamar Jackson, who's eight K. Justin Fields, who is still uh, kind of up in the air if he's going to be able to play or not. He's 7,400. Justin Herbert is 7K. Then we have in the 6K range, we have Tua, Kyler, Joe Burrow, Geno Smith. And that wraps up that range. I'll throw Tom Brady in there because he's going to be somebody we definitely want to talk about at 5,800. But, Maddie, where are you going at quarterback this week? Yeah, so I think that quarterback, there's not a ton of guys at the top that I think can break the slate with – which like we normally have. So like in over the last few weeks, you know, Justin Fields has been just a lock button ceiling play uh, in great matchups against rushing QBs. Uh, normally we have Josh Allen who can go for 40 on any slate. Um, we do have Mahomes at the top, but this is a, you know, an environment for Mahomes that I don't necessarily think the Rams can keep up. And, you know, I do think the chiefs could, could are still likely to score 30 plus. And with, uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire on IR, you know, a lot of the a lot of the scoring is gonna gonna fall on Mahomes. I mean, it has all year, right? They're one of the pa- most pass heavy teams in the NFL, but with Pacheco coming in and being the main guy, uh, and McKinnon as as his now main backup, uh, I don't think you're gonna see much Ronald Jones. But I really think that this falls on Mahomes. Um, I just I really think as well that once they get up by three touchdowns that, you know, they, they do, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Um, so that's my only concern with Mahomes. I do think that if you, if you are sold that, uh, they, they can play a full three and a half quarters, uh, of just continuing to air it out. Mahomes is absolutely in play as the top, uh, salary quarterback on the slate at 8,200. But 
when you pay 8,200 for him and you pay the 8K or whatever, 7,800 or whatever it is for Travis Kelsey, I mean, that is a lot of salary for your QB and tight end. And, and those guys have to hit their ceiling. So it's not that these guys can't have good games. I'm just worried that once they reach their good game status, it's not going to propel them to their ceiling game because of the Rams' lack of, of pushing them on the other side. Now, the flip side of that is if the Rams are just punting over and over again, you know, the Chiefs just have the ball, you know, eight to 10 times before the third quarter is even over. And they could, you know, score five to six touchdowns in that period and they could all come from Mahomes. Absolutely possible. But at that point, you you know, you have to bet on insane efficiency. And I just, when, I, when I'm paying 8K for a guy, I really want, you know, either rushing upside, which Mahomes does possess a little bit, but I want, you know, what Justin Fields brings or what Josh Allen brings a lot of times. We just we just saw against the Lions, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um, I just think I think we get a good game here from the Chiefs that doesn't warrant their high salary. Uh, but they're absolutely in consideration for me because they still could hit their ceiling. I just don't necessarily think they're going to get there. So that's that's my thoughts on the Chiefs. Um, I think it's a definitely an important uh, piece of the slate to consider, considering they're they're the best passing offense that we have on this slate. So moving down the list, um, Tua is interesting. And so I'm going to lump in, I'm going to lump in three quarterbacks into the same conversation. Uh, and these are the three quarterbacks that I'm going to consider this week. So we have Miami who is likely without Raheem Mostert. We have the Bengals who are without Joe Mixon and we have the Bucks who are without Leonard Fournette. So the starting running backs are going to be Jeff Wilson for the Dolphins. Um, Rashad White for the Bucks and Samaj P. Ryan for the Bengals. Now, yes, these are three guys who are going to step into a full-time role and are definitely guys that we are going to be playing at the running back position, which we'll talk about in a few. But at the same time, these aren't guys that are going to just step in and get 25 to 30 carries. I think a lot of the work for these guys is or a lot of the work that has come from these two, these two backfield sets that have been, you know, up to this point made up of two running backs. You know, Fournette and White were sharing touches. Wilson and Mostert were sharing touches. Piran and Mixon were sharing touches. And now it's all going to fall on one guy. I think some of that work that was going to the guy that's now injured is going to just fall on the quarterback. And I think pass attempts are going to go up a little bit because I don't think they're just going to rely on these guys to carry the ball 25 to 30 times. But when the, when both running backs are healthy, they, you know, they combine for 25 to 30 carries a lot of these games. So I just think I think there's going to be a shift uh, in some of these pass attempts, um, are, it's going to be a benefit to these, these quarterbacks that have injured running backs in terms of volume. Um, and they're all in good matchups. So we've got, um, Tua against Houston. You can, you can do whatever you want against Houston. The reason that there's a red number four next to Tua's name, uh, for the Houston Texans is because teams just run on them. You don't have to throw against Houston, but you absolutely can throw against throw against Houston. So if we, you know, if, if Jeff Wilson, he very well could come in and get 20 to 25 carries, but I still think, you know, two is going to be heavily involved uh, in, in a pass first offense. Um, you know, you can throw all over Houston and I absolutely could see the dolphins, you know, putting up points um, in a, in a similar way that, that the chiefs could um, because I, I just don't think with, with Houston, it sounds like they're starting their backup quarterback as well. Uh, I don't think they're going to score many points. And so, you know, the dolphins are just going to have the ball the whole game. Same, same thing with the chiefs the flip side of the dolphins is they cost a little bit less salary to, to load up on. So um, that's a reason I, I, I like them a little more than the chiefs. Um, then same, same thing for Cincinnati, Cincinnati's going up against Tennessee, which is the biggest, maybe outside of Minnesota, but th- one of the biggest pass funnels 
uh, in the NFL. You get Tennessee has an absolutely elite run defense, and now we get no Joe Mixon, which we've seen P. Ryan be very usable in the past game as well. Uh, I think he was the first first Bengal to catch three, have three receiving touchdowns in one game. So, you know, it's it's a piece that we can still rely on on Joe Burrow to. Uh, attack through the air against this this uh, Tennessee defense uh, that is very bad against the pass, uh, and they they very well could get Jamar Chase back here. Which Kev, I know we you and I talked offline earlier today about that. But for me, if Chase comes back, I'm not playing Chase in in DFS this week because of his price and and uncertainty on his workload. But I think Chase being on the field helps out T Higgins, helps out Hayden Hurst. Helps out Samaj P. Ryan. It helps everybody else in the offense because of of what his presence brings. Um, and I, I just don't think he's going to see enough volume and enough snaps and routes run to to really uh, pay off the, his salary. But I really do like Joe Burrow here. Uh, Sixty seven hundred against Tennessee is absolutely I'm, I, somebody I'm considering, and I will have some sort of of Bengals pass exposure uh, in this game. Uh, I don't see a way that that, that they fail here. Uh, even though Tennessee defense has played kind of good, they're they're still very shoddy against the pass. And then outside of that, we talked about you know the other running back situation where a starter is going to be out is Leonard Fournette and the Bucks. Tom Brady's coming off a bye. Cleveland defense gives up what thirty points a game, it, 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 like close to it. They are yes, you can run all over Cleveland, but again, they're not just going to hand the ball off thirty times to Rashad White. Um. I think a lot of the a lot of the work is going to come from Brady. Like I said, they're coming off a bye. Uh, Brady's had a down year. Mike Evans has had a down year. This is such a perfect get right spot uh, for this whole Bucks offense. And with everybody, you know, I would expect Rashad White to carry some ownership, uh, even though you know we haven't seen the the ownership projections update yet because of the late Fournette news today. But I really think that you know a Brady Mike Evans stack. Uh, and you can even throw Rashad White in there with those guys because White is a very capable pass catcher. And I think, you know, nobody's going to play Brady with White. I think a lot of people play just White. Uh, and and Brady and Mike Evans are projecting 4% on, and they're probably my favorite um, one-two stack uh, this week because they really don't cost a lot. Brady's under 6K for probably the first time in ever. Um, and and Mike Evans has had, had a bit of a down year, but we know Mike Evans has 100 yards and two touchdown ceiling. Uh, especially in this matchup against Cleveland. So those are those are the really the four, but I'd say mainly three QBs that I'm considering just because I don't know that I'm going to end up paying up for Mahomes when I think one of these uh, cheaper guys can match Mahomes this week just because there's not anybody on the Rams to to push Mahomes on the other side to to get him to that 40-point threshold, which is really what you would want if paying 8200 for a quarterback. So uh, I can I, I just think I, I, I see myself ending up with Tom Brady as my – uh, my quarterback on my main team. Yeah, I mean, I I am right there with you. I absolutely love Tom Brady this week. Um, he was the, kind of the first thing whenever I first opened the slate that really kind of stood out to me. Right, I was like, wow, he's only fifty eight hundred. Great matchup against Cleveland. So, um, yeah, I I will have a lot of him, especially with his ownership right now coming in to be where it is. I think some other guys we can we can definitely talk about for sure. Um, I look at this and I see somebody like you know Tua who. Um, who I think most people are going to look at some of this and attack with Jeff Wilson, right? Now, I don't know if as many people are going to go with Tua and you know Tyreek or Jalen Waddle, and I think that's a mistake. I think some things that when you when you look at this team, uh, especially the Houston Texans, one thing that stands out 
is that teams just run all over them, so they don't really the teams aren't really forced to throw the ball against them. So that it makes their passing numbers look better than what they are, right? Uh, because they've been so dreadful against the run. But uh, Tua has been has been excellent this year. I mean, he's been one of the one of the best, you know, um, you know, fantasy option quarterbacks we've had all year. And so Tua and and the highest game total on the slate um, should be more uh, in more consideration than what he is, especially considering. Uh, where he's at at $6,900 compared to Mahomes' 8200 What worries me about Mahomes is the Chiefs have a tendency to get up and then they take their foot off the gas and then they just coast from there. And it's very possible, right? And if yep. things could go differently if, let's say, Pacheco punches one in or mm-hmm. um, or McKinnon punches one in or something like that. And then let's say they get up, but you know it, it doesn't all get there through Mahomes. And that's how Mahomes can fail. The Chiefs should easily win this game. The Right now, the, the projection point total for the the Rams is the lowest and it's not even close. It's 13.25. Uh they are 15 and a half point underdogs and so like th- this can definitely go sideways from home and it, he is really expensive and if you want to pay up for Travis Kelsey, he's also really expensive and you know, you like Juju. If you want to run that stack, that's 43% of, of your of your um, of your salary cap on DraftKings. Like it's going to cost you a lot of money to play that stack. Yep. And if nobody's pushing them on the other side, I just don't. I just don't see the Chiefs really having to really open things up. They could be a little bit more conservative, a little bit more, you know, um, like conservative. And so I think that's actually where Isaiah Pacheco might be actually a much better play than what people were, uh, are going to project him. Yes, the Rams' defense is still really good, and they still have a majority of their defense. But uh, I, I would be a little bit concerned there uh, with with him, right? And so that's the one thing that that concerns me with the stack. Now that being said. If you look, I mean, Mahomes has five straight, uh, or Mahomes has five games with 300 plus passing yards, and has thrown over, has thrown two or more touchdowns in eight of ten games played this year. And you know, we had the, the um, so so I think that is something we could definitely take a look at. You look at uh, the Chiefs also rank third in pass attempts per game. They're first in red zone uh, passing attempts. They're seventh in pace of play. They're seventh. They're second in air yards per attempt. First in expected EPA per play. I mean, this is the best offense in the league. But that would be the only thing that would worry me about paying for that stack when I think there's some other options here that are a little bit better. I think, you know, we look at Geno Smith, who's only 6K against the Raiders. The Raiders' defense has been dreadful all year. Now, they're not throwing the ball as much. He's at 31.6 uh, pass attempts per game. They're only 20th in pace of play. But he on the season, he is 7th in passing yards and 6th in passing touchdowns. Um, and he's also 7th in air yards per attempt and ninth in deep ball completion percentage for, for Geno Smith and his options to stack aren't as hard to get to, right? and especially when we're talking about such a consolidated passing offense here. It really runs through DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So pick your poison on that. I wouldn't really want to run them together, though we have seen this year uh, Geno Smith go off on the, on the same note. And so you're at the same time, which is something that we didn't used to see, especially when Russ was there. It was usually one or the other. But we have seen a little bit more of situation here. And so that becomes a game that I really kind of want to stack a little bit. The total isn't, isn't as high as some of the other ones. But it's it's still it's still a decent total at forty seven and a half. So it's it's still a pretty decent total. You have, uh, the Seahawks have actually come up, opened at a twenty two and a half point uh, team total. It is now up to twenty five and a half. And then you have the Raiders, uh, who have actually went down, opened at a twenty four and a half, has been back down to twenty two. But still, I think this is a pretty good total here and a good game to target on this slate. So I do like uh, you know going with the Seahawks here. If you want to run it back, you have uh, you know a couple of options. You could go Devontae Adams. Go Josh Jacobs here in this stack. And I think even if you wanted to, you could probably fit in like a Noah Fant or something like that if you want to kind of complete the stack a little bit and get a little bit different 
with with somebody like with somebody like Geno Smith. So I do like him a, as an option. And then I think there's a, a couple of games to me that kind of stands out. Now I know a lot of people are going to be on the Chargers, especially now that they have uh, now that they have Keenan Allen back. They're, they're they're they have a pretty healthy total here of 25 and a half. But I kind of like going into this other other side with the Cardinals. They're gonna. This is the first time all year we're gonna see this entire offense healthy outside of Zach Ertz. Marquise Brown is expected to play. You have DeAndre Hopkins who is back. James Connor. There was a lot of different passing options here. We just really haven't seen this for most of the year. With Kyler Murray. He is coming off a hamstring injury after uh, you know the, uh, m- missing what two or three of the last three uh, three weeks of the season. But the Cardinals, I think, are an interesting spot. We could go here. This has one of the highest totals on the slate at 48 and a half. And so I like this game. This game definitely has shootout potential inside the dome. And so with everybody going to the Chargers side of the football, I think you could go over to a $6,900 Kyler Murray where that's pretty low for usually what we see from him, right? Six, or excuse me, $6,800. Uh, he's even cheaper than that. And so I think this his pricing makes him a pretty viable option. And this is, like I said, this is going to be the first time all year where we've seen uh, him have everybody in this offense. Rondell Moore will be out, but you getting uh, Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins on the field at the same time, I think is going to go a long way. And so I, I do like getting to Kyler Murray at $6,800. He is he is not going to carry the ownership that some of these other guys are. Herbert just, uh, just ahead of him. Tua is $6,900. Geno Smith is 6K, Tom Brady, 5,800. I think people are going to overlook Kyler Murray, especially coming off this hamstring injury. But So I do like getting to Kyler Murray at $6,800, and you want to get a little bit different here in your stacks. And then down at the bottom, I do think Trevor Lawrence is kind of interesting as well. Uh, if you're wanting to pay down at quarterback this week, he is 5,500, a little bit cheaper than Tom Brady is. And again, not a stack that's really hard to get to because essentially here with him, you have – you know, you can you can stack him with uh, Christian Kirk, who has been fantastic. I think he's sixty five hundred, and then Zay Jones, I think, is another option here. He usually sees you know healthy six to eight targets per game, and then Evan Ingram at tight end. Or if you want to go, you know, put Mark Mark Andrews in there to kind of run something back uh, in this game against the Baltimore Ravens. But I, I, I so I do kind of like Trevor Lawrence a little bit as well as a passing option. But also agree with you the options. Like I said, Tom Brady just makes too much sense here. Cleveland has been dreadful this year. And and so uh, I do think Tom Brady, you know, and they they actually looked really good while they were in uh, what what was it Germany, uh, but before they went on by too, it's probably the best their offense has looked all year. So give them a week to get a little bit healthier. So Tom Brady, it's just really hard to pass up to at fifty eight hundred dollars. That's just an incredible price. Yeah, I agree, and I didn't mention Geno Smith either, uh, but I, I definitely uh, like that that Vegas Seattle game a lot. Uh, it's two very very condensed offenses. Uh, facing off against each other in one of the highest total games of the week. So you have to have interest in that. So I uh, definitely agree with that call there. Yeah. And then I think past that, I don't, I don't know if there's really anybody that stands out to me. I know San Francisco has a really high total this week. Uh, they have the third highest implied point total at 26. It's actually been bet up. They open at 22. It's up to 26, but I think I would rather just get pieces from this game. It's only a 43 point total. Uh, it, it is, um, I believe in New Orleans. So obviously that is a positive. Um, or is this in San Francisco? No, it's in San Francisco. Yeah. Let's take that back, regardless of that. But still, um, it's just that total is, is really low. We, we continue to see the pri- uh, or that that drop. And so I don't, I'm not in love with it, but I do think I would rather just get pieces from this game rather than stacking it up with something like Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that how you feel? 
Yeah, I just think I think on this slate we have too many condensed offenses in good spots that I don't think it it makes sense to attack one of these offenses uh, that can literally go to anybody of like six guys because we've got so like just going down the list really quick. So uh, Baltimore has Mark Andrews if you were playing Lamar uh, Herbert. You've got Palmer, Everett, and Keenan Allen and Eckler. So condensed there. Tua, Waddle, Tyreek. And Jeff Wilson, the running back. Kyler has maybe Greg Dorch at almost min price, um, but is getting also Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins back. And then a cheap Trey McBride. So another condensed offense there. Burrow has Higgins, Boyd, and Hurst. Maybe Jamar Chase, but not really. Uh, Geno Smith has Metcalf and Lockett. Sometimes Noah Fant. Uh, Brady has Evans and Godwin and the running back position. Um, it's like there's too many condensed offenses that are in good spots here uh, to make me want to play Jimmy G with one of Kittle, McCaffrey, IU, Debo. Uh, and then the, also the San Francisco 49ers do like weird stuff where Ray Ray McLeod catches a touchdown. Sometimes Jawan Jennings can catch a touchdown sometimes. It's like San Francisco is just very spread out with what they do. Um, and, and even Elijah Mitchell comes in and, and steals uh, workload when when the, the 49ers are ahead. So uh, that's definitely another concern there, too. So uh, I definitely agree that San Francisco is not somebody that – not an offense that I'm looking to get a ton of exposure to this week. Yeah, okay. So I think we've pretty much covered um, – who, who, well – and who again, uh, just say again, uh, who are your top three quarterback options this week? Honestly, I would say Burrow, Geno, and Brady. Even though I mentioned Tua, I, I would slide Geno into the into the top three as well. Tua, honorable mention as fourth. Yeah, I think for me it's gonna be it's gonna be uh Kyler, Tua, and Brady. Um for sure, G- uh, Geno as well. I, he probably he, he would be right in there with me as well. But I do like um you know what I actually I think I would go. Brady one, Kyler two, Geno three. The only thing that worries me with Geno is just, you know, depending on game script, how that game plays, mm-hmm. you know, Geno can also lose volume to Kenneth Walker uh, as well, or that, you know, touchdown and stuff like that, which kind of limits his ceiling. So anyways, uh, let's yeah, go ahead. I and think actually, Brady's definitely my number one as well. Yeah. So let's go ahead and actually at that, we're talking about that. Let's just go over and shift over to the running back position, which I feel like is going to make or break this slate this week, getting this right. Because there are so many really good vol- or volume, there's really good value plays here on the slate. You have Chris McCaffrey, who's 8,800, Austin Eckler, who's 8,500, Derek Henry, excuse me, 8,300, Nick Chubb, 7,800, which we'll have to monitor because Vita Vea, which would be a big loss to that defensive line, is questionable this week. Then you have uh, Josh Jacobs, who's going to be chalky at 7,700, Alvin Kamara, 73, uh, Kenneth Walker, 6,900, Travis Etienne, 6,700, James Conner. Who's in an elite spot at 6,600? David Montgomery, Damian Pierce, and Cordell Patterson wrap up the 6K range. But without even needing uh, to, let's just talk about uh, you know the 5K range. We have Jeff Wilson, and then Kenyon Drake. Gus Edwards looks like he should be back. Samaje P. Ryan, who's starting for Joe Mixon, is 5,600. And then Isaiah Pacheco is 5,500. Michael Carter with Mike White back at 5,400. Uh, Antonio Gibson's 5,400. And then you have guys like Rashad White, who's $5,100 as well, and Latavius Murray's 5K. So all that being said, you know, we, there's a ton of value this week. So how are you going to attack this at running back? I think paying up at running back this week is, is irresponsible with salary cap. 
um, because of the amount of of low or amount of high volume low price guys we're getting uh, this week, and and paying down in running back in general has just been the profitable uh, solution to approaching DFS this whole year. Uh, so now that we have a slate where there's a ton of guys that are you know gonna get a ton of work and are cheap, I I, I just think it's 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 too easy to just do it. And so I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to overthink it. Um, I'm going to pay down for maybe I might play a running back in the flex this week. Uh, I still need to play around with builds, but um, yeah, there's, I think the highest price that I'm going to consider would be James Conner at 6,600. And I don't even know that I'm going to get to that. And that's just because of how good his matchup is uh, against the chargers who are probably, probably the worst run defense in the NFL, not named the Houston Texans. Um, so I really like Connor. He's got a ton of touchdown equity and should get, especially if Greg Dor- Greg Dortch were to be out, uh, they're already missing Zach Ertz. They were going to miss Rondell Moore. And if they were to miss Greg Dortch, I mean, James Connor could become just the check down guy for Kyler Murray. Uh, he's definitely a guy that gets targets. So he's definitely interesting and is probably the highest price that I would go. But outside of that, Jeff Wilson at 5,900, uh, got 17 carries and five targets last week. Uh, and he's now facing Houston Texans. So even if they do pass a little bit, I mean, the, the fact that he got five targets last week is very encouraging. Uh, so he should be somebody that we heavily uh, roster, uh, regardless of ownership. I don't think it it, it matters, quite frankly. Uh, 5,900 for the starting running back who should play 80% of the snaps against Houston it, uh, should be on almost all of your teams, uh, barring injury. So um, moving down the list, uh, Michael Carter, uh, he absolutely smashed when Mike White was the quarterback last year. Um, he had target counts of 14, 9, and 6. Uh, and he also had a 32-point uh, DK game. 17, 32, and 18, whereas three DK games, DK yeah, point so games. Yeah, so actually, while you're talking about it, just while we're here. Um, so with Mike White last year in the four games he played, he averaged 14 carries per game. Almost eight, 7.75 targets per game, 111 total yards, and 19.1 drafting points per game. Yep, and he is he is going to be the one running back that is in a lead back work workload right now that is going to go completely overlooked on this slate. And he has by far, I think, the best PPR upside uh, of any of these guys. Uh, I mean, like I said, he had he had a 17, 18, and and 32 DK points in the three games that White. Uh, played the majority of the game last year. I think he started one game but got hurt uh, or something. One of those four four games that you mentioned. But but yeah, it's it's nobody's playing him uh, because I guess maybe they're concerned about James Robinson. But um, even last year, Ty Ty Coleman was getting snaps, and and um, I mean Ty Johnson and and Tevin Coleman were getting snaps, but with Michael Carter playing, and he was still putting up, you know, still had a thirty two point DK ceiling. And even if he gets you the low end of those three, where he gets 18 points, not going to kill you at all uh, at 5,400. But this is a matchup against Chicago. You can run all over Chicago, and running backs can have just torched Chicago all year. So I really, really like Michael Carter here, and uh, he is not going to be very highly owned uh, compared to these other guys. So he's definitely uh, in consideration for me. And then also uh, Rashad White should be the the – main running back for Tampa Bay uh, against Cleveland, which is also a very putrid run run defense. Uh, But we know Rashad White can also catch passes. Uh, He's got, you know, 
target counts of three, three, two, four, five uh, across games this year. So now, now having the lead back role with, with Leonard Fournette, unlikely to play uh, $5,100 against the Cleveland Browns. Sign me up for that. Yeah, I 100% agree with on the Michael Carter and Rashad White. I think if you're wanting to pay up for running back, I think I would start at Josh Jacobs if I was going to at 7,700. Now, he's going to carry ownership for sure. probably going to be in the low 20% range. But it's hard not to love Josh Jacobs considering how much work he's seeing. He is second among all running backs in opportunity share, seeing 83% of the opportunities from that backfield, averaging 18.3 carries per game and four and a half targets per game. That's ninth most among all running backs. He's he's averaging almost 100 rushing yards per game, 25 receiving yards per game. Uh, He does only have seven touchdowns, but he's still averaging 19.4 DK points per game. He's also been very efficient, uh, 19th in yards per outrun, first innovative tackles, and fifth in yards created per touch. So it's a really good matchup against Seattle defense that allow the fifth most DK points to running backs. They've also allowed the 12th most rushing yards, the 14th most rushing touchdowns. But where they really have been got is, is through the air. They've allowed the fourth most receiving yards and the and the 11th most receiving touchdowns on the season. They are pretty middle of the road in terms of DVOA. They're 17th in rush DVOA and 17th in pass DVOA. It's about as middle as you can get. But Josh Jacobs, just seeing that incredible of a workload is really hard to pass up at $7,700. It's kind of like what I talked about with, with Jonathan Taylor a few weeks ago with how cheap he was because of the volume he's going to see now. The problem is with him, he's going to be chalky. Uh, you're not getting one over. He's coming off a pretty big game last week uh, where he had a pretty nice game there. I think it was against, yeah, against the Broncos, uh, which is a, a much better defense. But still, uh, Josh Jacobs is really hard to pass up at that at that price um, and what he's giving you. And he, he's not somebody that's going to get game scripted out because he's seeing so many targets as well. And then Kenneth Walker in that exact same game, uh, some of his numbers are a little misleading because obviously he did not play first of the year, but he still has a 65% opportunity share. Uh, we're starting to see him actually get utilized more as a pass catcher. He's averaging about almost three targets per game now, 13.4 carries. But he's fourth among all running backs in red zone touch, which is pretty incredible considering you know, the first three or four weeks of the season he wasn't even involved in this offense. To be already fourth in red zone touches, uh, 65 rushing yards per game. He's also averaging roughly almost 15 DK points per game. And again, that's going to be a little bit low because of where he's come in. But he's also been really efficient, sixth in yards created per touch, eighth in breakaway run rate uh the, the Raiders are terrible against opposing running backs fourth most DK points on the season they've also allowed the most receiving yards and the fourth most receiving touchdowns on the year uh they are they are 22nd pass the or rush DVOA and they're 32nd rush DVOA or pass DVOA excuse me so Josh Jacobs and Kenneth Walker if you're wanting to pay up a little bit are great now you mentioned James Conner and again it's kind of the same situation they cut you know Benjamin so there's nobody else there to really worry about and the Chargers are just terrible against the run we saw last week you know, Isaiah Pacheco had to, you know was the first uh, Kansas City running back to have over 100 yards in a game since last season against them. They're 30th in rush DVOA. They allow uh, their 29th, uh, or excuse me, they allow the second most uh, DK points and uh, the fifth most touchdowns and the second most rushing yards. Uh, so James Conner, this could be a really good spot for him. He's only 6,600. So if you're wanting to get you know off, but and he's not going to carry the same ownership I think as Walker or Josh Jacobs is. He's going to be a little bit lower. But he's only 6,600. He's also involved in the passing game, uh, averaging almost four targets per game. So James Conner makes a lot of sense. I'm not going to talk about Jeff Wilson. All I'm going to say, it's an absolute smash spot. You probably could even just consider lock button him in your lineup. And I don't say that about a lot of players. The only way he fails is by an injury. Like, that's it. 
because this is such a good matchup. Since being acquired by acquired by the uh, the Dolphins, he's averaging 14 carries per game, 107.5 total yards per game, four targets, one touchdown, and 19.25 DK points since being acquired. And that was with Raheem Mostert. Now Raheem Mostert's out. It is really hard not to want to play uh, against the worst run defense in the league. Houston allows the most fantasy points. They allow 153 rushing yards per game. They've also allowed a, a league high in rushing touchdowns as well. So just an elite matchup. But the, the couple other guys I want to hit on really quickly is Antonio Gibson. He's $5,400 versus Atlanta. I really like Antonio Gibson this week. I think he's going to come in a little bit lower owned. And I think he's going to get pushed down, especially like when Rashad White's ownership starts catching up. But he has scored double-digit DK points in four of his last five games. He's only $5,400 against Atlanta. Last week, he actually played 65% of the snaps, 18 carries. He also ran a route on 60% of the dropbacks and uh, saw three targets at 103 total yards in that game. Uh, last week, now this week, Atlanta, they're at home. Um, and so I just think it's a really good spot for him. He, he also has a 12% target share. He's seventh in yards per out run on the year, sixth in receiving yards among all running backs at eighth in reception. So he's going to see it without J.D. McKissick. He's turned into the pass catching running back. And thankfully, the commanders have finally figured out that Brian, Ram, Brian Robinson, I mean, great story, obviously, coming back from being shot and everything else, but he's a terrible running back. He's not any good at all. Like, he has been dreadful all year. His best game of the year, he had 26 carries, and he only produced 80 yards on 26 carries. That is terrible efficiency-wise. I think they're starting to realize that Antonio Gibson, once again, is their best running back, and now they're showing more of a, uh, a want to utilize him in the passing game. So it makes him kind of game script dependent, even, even if they were to get down to Atlanta here. So $5,400, I think Antonio Gibson, who kind of sits in the middle range behind a lot of these running backs, I think is going to get a little bit overlooked. So I love Antonio Gibson this week as an option. And then like you mentioned with Rashad White, it's a great spot too, $5,100. He's going to be the pass catcher here. Uh, Cleveland's 32nd in rush DVOA. They are also allowed the sec second most fantasy points, sixth most rushing yards, and tied for the most rushing touchdowns on the season. So Cleveland is definitely vulnerable to running backs as well. So um, I think all of those guys would be my favorite options. If you're wanting to pay up, go Josh Jacobs or Kenneth Walker or, or J James Conner. If you're wanting the middle range, lock in Jeff Wilson and then play one of Michael Carter, Antonio Gibson, or Rashad White. And I think you'd be pretty much good to go at running back. Yeah, I think we're pretty much on the same page for running back. Yeah. So, you know, and like I, I did mention um, Isaiah Pacheco. I, I will just say this. I, I definitely think the the volume is can definitely be there for him if they get up because I don't think they would really take him off the field all that much. and They, they would continue feeding him. It's just, I will say this. I mean, they're, they're still playing against the Rams defense, who's still really good. And they've been really good against opposing running backs this year. And so, but if you want to get a little bit different and kind of get leverage off of Patrick Mahomes, I think Isaiah Pacheco, you know, having some, depending on how many or how many lineups you're going to play. Now, if you're like Maddie, who's only going to create one or two lineups, I wouldn't, he's not in consideration because these other guys have way much better ceilings. But if you're wanting to get a little bit different, you want to get access to this Chiefs offense, I think Isaiah Pacheco at $5,500, I, I think, is also uh, a spot we could look to get to. But I think, like I said, I think Michael Carter, Antonio Gibson, Rashad White, and um, uh, Jeff Wilson, who are all in the same range, are just much better plays with much higher ceilings. But I do think he's in play, at, at the very least, at $5,500. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So anyways, let's go ahead and move it, uh, let's move it over to wide receivers. I think that kind of wraps up the, the running back discussion here. And talk about wide receivers. Uh, Tyree Kill is once again the most expensive at 8,800. Devontae Adams is 8,600. DeAndre Hopkins then is 7,700. Jamar Chase, who is a game time decision, is 7,600. Uh, Waddle, 73. 
And then the 6K range is T. Higgins at $6,900, Debo Samuel, $6,800, Mike Evans, $6,700, Chris Olave at $6,600, Christian Kirk, $6,500, DK Metcalf, $6,500, then Amari Cooper, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin. They all wrap up the 6K range. So, Maddie, talk to me about wide receiver. Yeah, so right. So before I jump in real quick, I was looking at uh, the Vegas totals and was wondering why the Bucks Cleveland game is sitting at only forty two and a half. Uh, so I wanted to check the weather just to see if that was probably the issue. And they there is like a storm that's rolling through Sunday afternoon, uh, and they're saying sustained winds over twenty mile an hour with gusts up to thirty five and and rain. Uh, so if that is going to con- continue to stay the the forecast for sunday afternoon now obviously things can change uh because it looks like it's just a like a two-hour window where the winds get really bad or three-hour window and it just happens to be during game time uh then i would have less interest in the bucks uh, especially mike evans who does a lot of his damage deep uh in his ceiling games so um definitely something to keep an eye on would be the the weather in cleveland uh this weekend so just a heads up on that um but as for wide receiver uh, I mean, yeah, Tyreek Hill, 8,800. I mentioned uh, two weeks ago when we had him on the main slate that, you know, he's this year's version of Cooper Cup uh, that we had last year. Like, the guy is going to score you 15-plus fantasy points every single week, no matter what. Uh, and he has 30-plus fantasy points in his range of outcomes. But he also has the 45-point games that are also in his range of outcomes. Like, he had the one game this year where he scored – uh, 45, where he went for 190 and two touchdowns. Like that is, that is absolutely uh, in his range of outcomes here against Houston. We already mentioned that Raheem Mostert is going to be out. I don't necessarily think they're just going to rely solely on Jeff Wilson to run the ball over and over and over again for 30, 25 to 30 carries. Like I think we do see, you know, low 20 carries for Wilson, but I think you know, two is still going to throw the ball and he's going to throw it to Tyreek most of the time. So uh, I really like Tyreek. Um, 8,800 is, is hefty to pay for him, but I think you absolutely can get there uh, this week. Devontae Adams, I'm only playing him if I'm playing the Seattle side uh, just because he him smashing would push Geno to smash on the other side. And if if Seattle wants to throw the ball, they absolutely can throw the ball on, the, on Las Vegas. So um, I'm only including Devontae Adams in on teams where I'm playing Geno with Metcalf or Geno with Lockett or Geno with both. Uh, with both guys. So uh, that's the only way I'll get to Adams Hopkins. Absolutely in play in the highest total game of the week uh, in a dome in Arizona at home gets Kyler Murray back. The The Cardinals are really hurting for, for receivers right now, especially if Greg Dortch misses. Uh, if Greg Dortch were to be out, I would assume Hopkins plays the slot most of the game, which would be phenomenal for him. Uh, we've already seen him play a ton of slot already this year. Because uh, Marquise Brown, I'm, uh, he's going to slide back to the outside uh, with him coming back from injury. Uh, and if Greg Dorch were to be out, you know, that's I just think DeAndre Hopkins is going to get all the targets that he can handle. Uh, Seventy seven hundred is is definitely a fair price tag for him, and is somebody that I have heavy interest in. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, you were all over. You called the T. Higgins smash spot last week. Uh, go right back to him this week, 6,900. Uh, especially if Jamar Chase comes back, that takes a, a lot of the focus of the defense away from Higgins and puts it on Chase. And Higgins actually matches Chase on an on an average per game production uh, in the time that they've played games together. So I really like T. Higgins. Uh, I think 100 yards and a score is definitely in his realm of outcomes here. Uh, Mike Evans mentioned how we how much we love Brady this week. If that if that weather uh, can just hold up to where it's not um, a, really high winds and rain, uh, even even if it rain just rains, that's fine. It's the winds that I'm that I'm concerned with. Uh, 20 to 35 mile an hour wins is definitely concerning for a passing game. Uh, so I will temper expectations for Tampa Bay overall if if that forecast sticks. But let's assume that, you know, it, the winds die down a little bit and we get a normal pass game out of Tampa. Uh, Mike Evans at 6,700 is, is definitely underpriced for what his ceiling is. Uh, same with Chris Godwin down at 6K. That's for what his floor has been. And he's only caught one touchdown this year. Um, if, if you start adding touchdowns, uh, to his fantasy point games, he's, he's going to go over 20 points. So six K for Godwin is, is too cheap. Uh, we already mentioned, we like, we like Seattle a lot in that Vegas Seattle game. DK Metcalf at 6,500 Tyler Lockett at 6,200. Absolutely love both of those guys. Uh, moving down the list even further, uh, Juju Smith Schuster. If you're not playing Travis Kelsey, I like the Juju call, uh, to play him. Um, Josh Palmer, 5,400, continue, to, continues to operate as the 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 main alpha on the outside with Mike Mike Williams being out. Uh, I think 5,400 is still che- too cheap for him, especially uh, if Arizona you know wants to take away Keenan Allen, which they absolutely can do. Um, I think Palmer's interesting at his price. Um, Peoples Jones, 4,800. I will continue to play him under 5K if that we- again if that weather holds up. Uh, he's somebody that I have interest in. 
Uh, Julio Jones, 4K, same game. Once again, Tampa Bay, he scored uh, in his last game in Germany. Uh, Had five targets, had 53 yards and a touchdown. So 4K is not crazy for him. And then Greg Dortch, $3,100 for Greg Dortch if he plays. Um, It's hard to not like him. Now, with, with Marquise Brown coming back, and Greg Dortch is going to be very popular if he plays. Uh, there are concerns that Dortch may not hit ceiling, but I mean, he's 3,100. Like, he really doesn't have to do much. And I mean, even like four catches for 40 yards gets you eight points. And on this slate, it doesn't even doesn't even kill you. Because uh, there's not, I mean, there's not really a ton of cheap wide receivers that make a lot of sense. I mean, you could, you could talk me into maybe an Elijah Moore at 3,500. Uh, with with Mike White for all the reasons that we liked Michael Carter, uh, Elijah Moore also did very well with Mike White last year too. So um, he's somebody that that needs to be in consideration. But outside of those two guys that are at thirty one hundred and thirty five hundred, there's just not a ton of cheap receivers. I mean, Traylon Burks against Cincy at forty two hundred is somewhat interesting, um, but I mean, I don't know how much I want to want to play Traylon on a full slate of games. I mean, he definitely can get there, but uh, I mean, had he not caught a 50-yard bomb with essentially that was completely unnecessary because they could have just kneeled out the clock. I mean, he would have been looking at another 50-yard total game uh, that last game. So, I mean, I just don't know what Traylon's ceiling is, but I mean, 4,200 is not going to kill you for him either. I just think there's a lot of receivers and running backs between the 5K to 6K to 7K range that it just feels like a week to me that – uh, playing a, a ton of guys in that five to seven K range at both running back and wide receiver position uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I agree with most of everything you said. I think uh, Christian Kirk is one player that I'm looking, I've been looking at at $6,500. Again, I think this Jacksonville Baltimore game can kind of go overlooked a little bit. Like we saw the Baltimore Miami game go overlooked uh, all the way back in week two. This game has some, uh, some sneaky shootout potential here. I, I do believe and so there's, uh, he's $6,500. You kind of see the ceiling. He's definitely the number one wide receiver in this offense. He's 10th among all wide receiver and targets. He's averaged about 8.2 per game. Um, he's also seeing a, a pretty solid um, number. In ter- uh, he has uh, fourth among all wide receivers and red zone targets as well with 14. Uh, he's seen some deep targets, as many as you'd like to see. But he's still been really, really productive so far this year. He's coming off prior to their bye, their best game of the year, where he's uh, put up 31 and a half. Uh, you one of the players you had to have in the optimal lineup uh, against the Chiefs. And then even the week before that, he put up 21.6. So there's a pretty solid ceiling here uh, for someone like Christian Kirk. He's only $6,500, the team's number one wide receiver. And then uh, I do like Amari Cooper, especially at home. Uh, he has played very well at home, but obviously he busted up the narrative last week of being on the road uh, there was 34.3. But he's another guy that has a pretty large ceiling here in this game. And Jacoby Brissett has actually been – Pretty good this year for the most part among all quarterbacks. Uh, a lot better than what I think what people thought, but this will be his last start with Sean Watson looming next week. So uh, I, I do think that Amari Cooper, especially if you're wanting to stack up this game, he's uh, I think he's a really solid run back. People are, are you know, last week this so last week I won uh, I finished second in the twelve at a twelve dollar single entry. And uh, I had Amari Cooper in there because I figured most people uh, were going to flock to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like he was uh, gaining a lot of uh, attention last week. Everybody wanted to play him. Everybody was talking about, you know, the home road splits uh, narratives here uh, between the two of them. And so uh, Amari Cooper was only, 
I think he was like two or three percent rostered, and obviously he went off. And we're starting. I think we see it flip a little bit this week, where Donovan Jones isn't going to be as, as expensive. And once again, I think that could be a mistake. He's the much cheaper option here. Um, last week was more of a ownership play on that. That's the reason I went there. And I think that's going to be the same thing with Chris Godwin compared to Mike Evans this week, uh, because I think uh, Mike Evans is going to get squeezed because he's sixty sixty seven hundred dollars, and he's right around that upper tier of wide receiver. And people just don't love playing Mike Evans. And Chris Godwin, who's much cheaper, is probably going to carry more ownership. Now, neither one of their ownerships have gotten crazy, at least from what we've seen so far. I mean, he's, they're, they're both looking to be sub probably 13%, 14%. And I think in a matchup, now again, what you just talked about, you know, weather could play a big factor here. If that's the case, yeah, we completely scratch that game out and we just keep it moving, uh, really, and outside of the running backs. Because if you're looking at 25, 30-mile-an-hour sustained wins, I'm not playing any quarterback in that weather. Uh, and that just downgrades the whole passing game as a whole, to be honest with you. So we'll have to see on that. Um, I think Terry McLaurin, I don't know if you brought him up, but he's $5,800. I really like him against Atlanta. Atlanta allows the most uh, DK points to the position on the season. He is definitely Taylor Heineke's favorite uh, favorite pass catcher here to target. Um, he wasn't great last week, because but they didn't really need him to be. They kind of ran away with that game against the Texans. Uh, but this week they go against Atlanta. Uh, you know, over the last... Really, if you since he's taken over, he's seen eight, eight, nine, eleven, and seven targets uh, over that span. So Terry McLaurin is still just too cheap at fifty eight hundred dollars. You know, you already talked about Juju Smith Schuster, fifty seven hundred dollars. He's coming back. There's no real, real concern. Obviously, this wasn't like a leg or an ankle injury or something like that. Uh, you know, coming off this concussion, so uh, he's certainly in play. But Drake London is the other guy that I really wanted to hit on. He's forty nine hundred dollars. Kyle Pitts is out in that same game. I kind of like a little bit of a uh, mini stack of going like a McLaurin and a Drake London. Drake London's $4,900. You know, it, obviously they, the, the Falcons aren't a team that really wants to throw the football, but that's how you attack the, uh, the, uh, the Washington Commanders because the Commanders' are run defense is really, really good. They have done a really good job of shutting down running backs here, but you can throw on them. And so it, we'll see if Arthur, if Arthur Smith will, you know, change his game plan a little bit and open this offense up to throw the ball a little bit more. Because if they do that, then I think Drake London's in a really good spot in, in a situation where no Kyle Pitts. Because that now you're looking at like Alameda Zacchaeus uh, as, as their other option and stuff like that. And so Drake London, $4,900 could smash that price. Uh, we've seen him kind of or earlier in the season when he saw a lot of targets. He saw 12 targets against the Rams and he put up 24.6 in that game. And so he was actually more expensive then than he is now. So I actually like Drake London at $4,900. I think that is definitely a spot we could look to attack. And then past that, the only other guy that I really wanted to bring up was Nico Collins. You beat Miami through the air, uh, but it is Kyle Allen throwing the football to him. So who knows? But then again, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> can can uh, Davis Mills, I mean, can he be any worse than what Davis Mills was? I don't know. Uh, and so uh, Nico Collins at $4,100. Like I said, you beat Miami through the air. So I do like uh, maybe a little bit of Nico Collins here. He's $4,100. He's kind of overtaken. Uh, Brandon Cooks uh, as kind of the the alpha a little bit in this offense. So Nico Collins, he almost got there last week. Again, the same lineup. I actually played Nico Collins. Uh, did, couldn't find the end zone. Had five catches, forty eight yards at forty one hundred dollars. I think uh, we could look for that. And then the last uh, Sky Moore, I think, is the other interesting chief that you could take a look at here. Uh, Michael Marquez Valdez Scantling has looked pretty bad this year. I mean, he's really I, he's going to get cut uh, after this year. They have an out in his, his contract to get out of it after this year. Uh, he, he's gone. Uh, so, but Sky Moore has been somebody that we've kind of been hoping and waiting and hoping and waiting and hoping for him to do something 
and it, it just hasn't happened. Now, last week was the first game we finally saw it. He was targeted six times, five for 63. He didn't score a touchdown. He may be a little bit harder to trust with Juju Smith-Schuster returning, but Canarius Tony is not going to be available. McCall Harmon is still out. And so I could see them do a lot of stuff with Sky Moore that we've seen we've seen them do or want to do with Kadarius Tony and with McCall Hardman. Get him on some jet sweeps, get the ball in his hand because he's very explosive with the ball in his hand. So he's only three K, and so I'm not saying that I'm just going to lock putting him in or anything like that. But a part of a stack, if you're wanting to get a little bit different in a chief stack, you know, instead of going, you know, if you don't want to go Kelsey or you don't want to go Juju, I would not play them together because I don't think. They're, they're go, each one of them can go off. I would expect one of them, and I think Mahomes obviously is good enough to bring another guy along. And so the other guy that I would look to target would be Sky Moore um, here in this offense if, if I wanted to play somebody different outside of Travis Kelsey or Juju Smith-Schuster in a stack. So Sky Moore, 3K, missing a lot of other pass catchers. He's probably going to play 40%, 50% of the snaps. He could see somewhere in the range of what he saw last week of about five to six targets. At 3K, it doesn't take a lot to get there. So – I do like Sky Moore a little bit as well at three at three thousand as well. So those would be kind of the guys that I would be looking at at wide receiver though that I wanted to hit on that you didn't talk about specifically. Yeah, I really like the Chiefs call uh, as well. Outside of Kelsey, I mean Juju's the highest priced at fifty seven hundred, and we know the Chiefs are going to throw the ball. I mean they're not just going to turn around and hand the ball off to Pacheco over and over and over and over again. Like they are still like they're still going to throw the ball forty plus times uh, in this spot, even though they're going to be playing with a lead. Uh, and with it, you know, with how cheap these guys are, I mean, you have to have consideration, uh, to anybody that's attached to Mahomes. but, um, I agree. Sky Moore and Watson are both in play, uh, at min price. So very interested in them. Yeah. And I, so, um, would you do a run back at all? Could you do a chief stack? Would you, no. would you run? No, I don't think you need to. Because I mean, no. the chief, the Chiefs very well. Like I like I mentioned when talking about QB, the Chiefs very well could just get the ball, you know, ten times before the end of the third quarter, uh, because of how many times the Rams are punting, and they could score on five, score five touchdowns or six touchdowns on those ten possessions. Um, like I, I just think they're going to have short fields. They're going to have the ball a lot. They're going to be able to do what they want and score a ton. I just, I don't think a Rams Rams run back is necessary. If Stafford was playing, I'd say, I'd say you could consider it, but even, even last week, like Tutu Atwell caught one pass for 60 yards and a touchdown. And it's like Ro- Allen Robinson. What did, what did he have three catches for 30 yards and a score or something, something low. It's like they can do weird things still on offense. Even if they score touchdowns, I don't know. It's, I'm just going to play the Kansas City Chiefs defense and play the Chiefs offense and just Chiefs win by a million. Yeah, so the only thing that I would say is I could see them trying to do something similar to what the the Titans did to them when they had Malik Willis starting. Um, they were they tried to run the ball a lot and then just do a lot of play action stuff. Yeah, but the Willis. Titans have Derrick Henry. True, one hundred percent truth. Right, the Los Angeles don't... Rams have Cam Akers on on one foot, and uh, Kylan was it Ky- Kylan Williams or Kyron, Kyron Williams? Kyron Williams. Yeah, yeah. No, one hundred percent. Obviously, one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> there's a big difference between those two the, those chasms. But, um, but yeah, I, I can see them trying to do something like that, where it's much more um, slow paced. Them trying to slow the game down, and you know. 
because I there's no shot that they're going to try to lean on Bryce Parkins. You know that means that a, means they have to get first downs to be able to sustain drives to run the clock down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, per, it's going to be Perkins without good running backs, with a shoddy offensive line with no, in, with, in with Kansas no, City. Yeah, with no Cooper with Cup. no Cooper Cup, the ghost of Allen Robinson. And, and some guys that have a little bit of speed on the outside of like Tutu Atwell and and Ben Scourneck, like what? Nah. I think if Allen Robinson was cheaper than fifty five hundred dollars, not that he's crazy, I would maybe have some consideration because I don't think anybody's. I think everybody's going to do the same thing. I don't think anybody's going to run it back with anybody. But yeah. you know, maybe maybe get a garbage time, whatever. He is a little bit questionable. But he did score a touchdown, four catches, forty-seven yards of a score last week. But but at fifty-five hundred dollars, you kind of need a little bit more than that. Like that's not yep. bad at fifty-five hundred dollars, but you're not taking down a, a tournament with, the, nope. with that with that either. So especially you know, with all the the running back value we have. Yeah. So like if he was at like forty-five hundred dollars, I think he'd be a little bit more interesting an option. Like Van Jefferson, that's where he comes in. He's forty-five hundred. Like I would be a little bit more intrigued. Uh, when somebody like Alan Robinson said if he was a little bit cheaper, he's just not. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think past that, I think that's kind of the guys you could look at. Like, if you again, you kind of talked about it, but like Kendall Hinton, maybe thirty seven hundred dollars, but I, I'm not playing anybody. I don't really want to play anybody from this Broncos offense. They've been terrible. So, um, yeah, I think those are the kind of the guys that I would be taking a look at the most, uh, for sure. If it was me. Yep. Is there any other wide receivers you want to hit on? Nope. I'm good to move to tight end. All right. So tight end, you have Travis Kelsey. We've already talked about $7,700. Mark Andrews is 65. George Kittle is 53. Gerald Everett's 44. And then you have uh, Tyler Higby, who was able to return to practice at $4,200. Cole Komet's 39. Dulcich is 37. And Joku's 36. Uh, Gasecki uh, Moreau is 34. Juwan Johnson's 34. Kate Otten's 3,300. Uh, Hayden Hurst. So those are kind of the lists. Uh, there's some other cheaper guys. I think just really quickly for me, the guys that I have the most interest in here is going to be Gerald Everett. Uh, we know the Cardinals are terrible against tight ends. Uh, same thing for Foster Moreau. Both of those guys get the two best, best, best matchups against tight ends. Like we want to play tight ends against the Cardinals and the Seahawks. And so Gerald Everett's $4,400. Uh, that's too cheap. But then Moreau, I think he's kind of become like the number two pass catcher here in this offense uh, behind Devontae Adams. So $3,400 uh, Moreau in a game that I think has some shootout potential, I think is interesting. He saw three tar- only three targets last week, but somebody that could potentially get you, uh, in a, a, you know, probably five to seven targets, something like that, uh, in this game against the Seahawks. So this game kind of shoots out a little bit. So Foster Moreau at $3,400 is somebody that I am definitely taking a look at. Jawan Johnson it continues to kind of uh, – Looks like one of the better pass catcher options uh, for this offense here. He's only $3,400. Last week, he saw four targets, three catches. He scored another touchdown. He has now scored a touchdown in four of his last five games. Uh, Some of that's going to slow down a little bit. He's not going to run that hot. But he is clearly one of their best, uh, especially red zone options here for Andy Dalton. Once they get down there, big big target for him. Super athletic guy. Juwan Johnson's $3,400. I don't know why he hasn't been priced up a little bit more than that. Uh, and then from there, I, I do think that um, Hayden Hurst and Evan Ingram, I think, are both also really good options. And, you know, honestly, I don't know if I really feel the need to really pay up a tight end this week. There's a lot of guys that I think down here in this, like, 3K range. Like, I already talked about like, a few of them. Even, like, someone like Tyler Conklin at 31. Um, you know, Trey McBride, we kind of talked about $3,100 against the Chargers. 
Though I think the the people are going to get misled by that. Like, I don't know if I really want to, because Derwin James, that's kind of where, where he comes in. I just don't know if I, like, I'm not messing with that. Obviously, I mean, Travis Kelsey has scored six touchdowns on them this year, I believe. So that's where you're seeing, like, if, you, if you're just on DraftKings where you see the, the 27th and it looks like it's a great matchup for Trey McBride. I don't know if I'd believe that. Because like I said, Travis Kelsey has scored six of those touchdowns against them this year. Uh, other than that, I think they've been actually pretty good against tight ends. I actually like McBride. Um, the two games that we've seen him play have been with Colt McCoy. Um, so we, we've yet to see Kyler Murray with with McBride. And we know Kyler Murray just absolutely peppers the tight end position with Zach Ertz. And even before Zach Ertz, like Murray still liked to throw to Dan Arnold and Max Williams and and those other guys like Max Williams was crushing before he got hurt. Wasn't he last year? Um, and then Dan Arnold stepped in. Like, I think Kyler Murray is just a tight, a tight end targeting quarterback. Uh, and that's, you know, we already talked about that's the, like one of the highest total games of the week. So I don't hate $3,100 McBride as much as you do. Um, and I, I don't think you necessarily hate it, but I actually, I mean, I like it. Uh, I mean, McBride was the, the, t- he won the tight end award last year. He had what, 1100 receiving yards and mo- double digit touchdowns at the college level. Uh, so he's definitely a dude that can, that can get after it in the past game. So I think he's uh very, very interesting this week. Uh, Noah Fant is interesting. If you're playing Geno Smith, I really like, like attaching your tight end to your quarterback that you're using. Um, Hurst, if you're playing Burrow is interesting. Um, Joku is interesting if you're playing Brady. Uh, I know you didn't mention him, Kev, but I know he's a guy that you like. Uh, he had his first game back last week and then practiced in full uh, all week this week. So he should be good to go. Again, pay attention to that weather. Uh, and then outside of the yeah, – I love the Gerald Everett call. Uh, they're, you know, without Mike Williams, uh, they're going to still be looking for for guys to step up in the pass game. And uh, Everett should be back from injury here. And – um, Arizona is just plug and play for tight ends. So $4,400 Gerald Everett makes a lot of sense. And then if you are paying up, I, f- I prefer Mark Andrews, uh, over Travis Kelsey, just because of the $1,200 you can save. And um, we know that Andrews has pretty much the same ceiling, uh, that Kelsey does. Maybe Kelsey's a little bit higher, which is why you got to pay extra. But I think realistically, they both can get you 25 plus, uh, this week. And I'd rather just save the salary on Andrews. So so on the season, I just want to just a little contact here for the Chargers against tight ends. I don't hate the play because he's only thirty one hundred dollars. It's just so Travis Kelsey himself has accounted for three of the four touchdowns they've allowed, and then he's also accounted for almost thirty percent of the receiving yards they've allowed on the year. Just those two games against Travis Kelsey. So um, I think they're actually better because, like I said, Derwin James is one of the. It's not. I, I think he's the best safety in the game. Like, and you, if they want to put him on now, I don't think they're going to use him to, you know, like shadow uh, uh, Trey McBride. So he's definitely going to see some opportunities here in that game. Um, so and just to just to counter-argue your counter-argument, some of these teams, just looking at the Chargers schedule, some of these teams don't even really have a tight end. So it's, yes, I mean, Kelsey's going to account for, you know, most of tight end production against anybody just because it's Travis Kelsey. Well, I will the say the first, game they played, the, the first game they played, he went five for 51 and he didn't score. It was this past game where he went six for 115 and three where he went absolutely. Nuked. Yeah. I just don't think usually they, the Chargers use, they do use Derwin James against the tight end position, but it seems to be against teams that have 
the big boy tight ends. I don't know that they'll necessarily use him just against Trey McBride. I don't know. I just think 3,100 in, in that game environment, especially if you like Kyler Murray, uh, and we know Kyler Murray targets the the tight ends. I I would play like Kyler Hopkins McBride would be my stack if I was playing Kyler. And then if I was playing Herbert on the other side, it would be Herbert with one of Palmer or Allen and then Everett and then run it back with Connor on the Arizona side. That's how, that's how I would stack that game up. But I don't know that I would play McBride as a one-off. I think I would play him with Kyler. With that, I mean, is there any other tight ends you want to hit on? No, I think those handful that we discussed are definitely the head and shoulders better than the rest. Yeah, I, and okay. I would just I would just correlate which like whichever game you're loading up is where I would pull my tight end from. Uh, okay, so let's jump over to defense really quickly. We've already talked about the Chiefs. So they're twenty eight hundred dollars. You're facing uh, yeah, just Bryce play Perkins. You just know. play them. They're going to be fifty percent owned, but I don't I don't really care. I think if you do want to get if there's so the the Panthers, I think at three K, I think is an interesting option against Denver. Denver's missing three or four of their starting offensive linemen. We know Russell Wilson's been terrible. They have no wide receivers outside of Cortland Sutton, and I guess Greg Dulcich, if you want to consider him. But they're missing all their pass catchers. No Jerry Judy. Like they're three K. They're at home. Like I think if yep. you want to get leverage off the For Chiefs, sure. I think go to the Panthers at three K. They have a really good pass rush as well. They can definitely get to the quarterback. They can definitely cause problems here. So. I do think uh, Carolina at 3K uh, would be a spot that I think provides nice leverage off of the off of them, and then yeah, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, but other than that, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't pay any pay up for anybody, and I, yeah. I don't see there's nobody down low below the Chiefs that make makes sense to me. If Justin Fields were to be out, would you pull consider the Jets at 33 if you had the money? I mean, yeah. The Jets, the Jets are actually a really good defense. Oh, like they're, even, they even, are a very good defense. Even if Fields plays, I, I I think you can play the Jets. I wish the I wish the Bears were cheaper, um, just because. So Mike White last year in like 120 pass attempts through eight interceptions, like in the four games he played, he threw eight picks. Like so, there's definitely some opportunity there, but they're only they're 3,200 dollars, and it's like, like. If they were like $2,500, I would definitely be looking at the Bears. But I just think that's too expensive for them. Yeah. I so, agree. Yeah. So I think those are kind of the guys that I'd be looking at. So um, uh, what is this? I have a question. Is Noah Gray a smart play? In case he's up, they're not going to. So they would have to like get up like. Because what you typically see, especially the Chiefs, is they they. Like I guess there was the one game this year. Was that against the the Jags? I think where they got up pretty big, or maybe it wasn't the Jags. I can't remember who it was. Where they put Chad Henney in the game and he played like the last quarter of the game. But they're probably gonna pull Noah Gray too. Like Noah Gray probably wouldn't play. Like Noah Gray's had some nice plays. I'm sure he could be like a one off contrarian play. But chances are, like he scored a couple touchdowns and stuff like that this year. But chances are he's probably not gonna get there. He's only gonna see two or three targets, and so he's really not gonna be worth it. Like you would need a Travis Kelsey injury and. Knocking on wood on that one uh, for for something like that to 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 come to come to fruition like that's kind of off the board kind of play that I wouldn't be looking at. Yeah, and it's also like if you were to play Noah Gray in, in the hopes that you know Kansas City is just absolutely demolishing um 
The Rams. They would the have Rams. To get to yeah, I drew a blank. Absolutely demolishing. Like they that means they're up by what thirty five points, and so like they're all their starters have crushed already to where the to the point where you should have played their starters. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't play anybody just to hope that they get maybe a half a quarter extra run uh, than what they normally do, especially with. There are actually some good cheap tight ends uh, on this slate, which we normally don't have, um, but there are some good ones. So I don't, yeah, I don't think Noah Gray is necessary this week. No, no, and I think even if they did, like I said, I don't know if Noah Gray, even if he did, like you're not going to see some large volume. The, generally speaking, they're not, they're still not going to throw the ball. They're just going to run the ball, try to run out the clock, just get the game over with, get it the hell out of there because they do play the the uh, the Bengals the next week, and so um, they definitely want everybody healthy, ready for that game. So. Uh, Anyways, all right, let's go ahead and build a lineup for this week, which I'm kind of interested to see how this is going to play out. So why don't you go ahead and start it off, Maddie? All right. Um, let's just go ahead and plug in Jeff Wilson. That's where I'm going to start my build personally. So let's do that. All right. I want to go with Kyler at $6,800. All right, let's pair him with McBride at tight end. And then I'm going to go ahead and put in, I'm going to put in D-Hop at 77. Man, the Chargers, if you're not playing Herbert, it's tough to figure out which guy. Palmer's been the guy crushing recently. But we could, I mean, we could also play double tight end and play Everett because Everett could smash. But I, I just don't think double tight end is necessary on this slate. I think we have some solid value to where I wouldn't waste flex on tight end. Um, what's Keenan Allen's price? 6,100. Jeez. Yeah, he had eight targets last week. Let's go with Keenan Allen as the run back. All right. So, yeah, $5,100 per position remaining. Uh, with tw- uh, we still need a running back, wide receiver, flex, and defense. You know, I'm going to get a little bit different. And I'm just going to play the Panthers at 3K for now. So that'll leave 5,800 for a running back, wide receiver, and a flex. Okay, let's go. Um, let's go, Rashad White. 61.50 remaining for a wide receiver and a flex. Ooh, can do Michael Carter and T. Higgins. Those two fit. How would you feel though? So if Jamar Chase does play, you're not playing Jamar Chase. Correct. Because I just don't think he'd be limited. Because like I don't think to me, like I don't see any reason whatsoever for them to bring him back just to make him like some sort of decoy. Like you can't risk that something happening to him. And then if he's if he's if he's still that at that port, like he's had really solid practice reports all week that he looks great. And so yeah, I, I, I don't think he would be a decoy. I definitely think he would be involved. Like he's going to get targets. I just don't think he's going to play every snap like he normally does. But does that really matter for a wide receiver? Let's say he plays 50% of the snaps, but he still sees 12 targets. For a guy that's almost 8K, yeah. He's 70, yeah, 76. All right, I'll lock him in. That's who you picked. I would have went to, I think I would go Jamar Chase, but it's fine. Uh, let's go $5,400. What does that leave left? Um. Fuck it. We're going to go with a running back. Who do I go with? Do I go with Michael Carter or Antonio Gibson? Those are the two that I like. 
You know what? I know what I'm gonna do. I want access to that game. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chiefs, and then I'm gonna put Isaiah Pacheco, and that will give me just enough. Chiefs defense with Isaiah Pacheco. How do you feel about that? I'm good with that. Or you're close to Juju as well. But we would have to come off T. Higgins, which we can we can definitely come off T. Higgins. We can play um one of the like like DK Metcalf. I'm good with that. I'm good with going Metcalf and Juju if you want. So I, I prefer Juju to Pacheco personally. So coming off what? Well, say, say that one more time. Uh, so put T. Higgins down to DK Metcalf. And then you should have enough in the flex for Juju without even changing the defense. Okay, I see what you're saying. All right. You can uh, even, like, you might even be able to afford the Jets. I don't know. No, it'd be 100 short. Okay. I'm All right, so this is what we're going to go with. I like this. So we're going to go Keenan, or, uh, Kyler Murray, Jeff Wilson, Rashad White, DeAndre Hopkins, Juju Smith-Schuster, Keenan Allen, Trey McBride, DK Metcalf, and Panthers D for all the monies this week. So I, I, I like this lineup a lot. Speaking of monies, I see a, little, a green little chat in the chat box. Yeah, Jared. Uh, 4.99 super chat. Appreciate you, my guy. Uh, we'll definitely answer this. Uh, would you trade ETN Godwin for Amari or ETN plus two of Hazard, Christian Watson, Garrett Wilson, Deontay Johnson for Waddle and Clifford? Okay, so first part of this is he would be getting Waddle and Damian Pierce in return. So now we got to figure out. So trade ETN or Godwin or Amari. Oh, Etienne and Godwin or Amari. So Etienne, Godwin, or Etienne, Amari. Or Etienne plus two of those guys. Lazard, Watson, Wilson, Johnson for Waddle and Pierce. I I would do the two. If you can do the Etienne plus two of those guys, I would. I like the Waddle, Pierce side. So I don't mind it. It's just I hate trading Travis Etienne with how good he's been. Um, and then Damian Pierce has kind of fallen off. He's been just more like consistent than anything outside of last week. Last week was the first time that he scored under double digit, uh, fantasy points in a week, but just their offense is so bad. So the scoring opportunities are so low. And so it really limits his ceiling. The only thing that, and I am curious to see what, what they're going to do with Daryl Henderson. I was kind of surprised they claimed Daryl Henderson off waivers. And so I don't know if they're going to utilize him a little bit more and maybe limit. Cause I mean, ETN was sitting there they getting like, like 28, what was it? Like 25, 26 carries. He like, was getting a lot of work to me. That's too much for it's him. Too like, much for him. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. And so like, I was like, I, I don't he never, mind. He never did that in college either. His college stats were always 12 carries for 234 yards. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I would actually rather see them limit that and him go to like 15 to 18 carries. But then up his pass catch. Yeah, that, that would have to be the key. Pass yeah. But I mean, I, I think personally, the best player on either side of this trade is Jalen Waddle. And getting Jalen Waddle in return, if you can, like, giving up the unknown of ETN plus two of those guys, you're probably not ever going to start. Like, Lazard, maybe you start him sometimes. 
depending on how deep the league is. Um, Watson, maybe, but you're not going to start both of those guys because Packers don't pass a ton. I think, I think if you're set at running back, like if you're good, you yeah. have other really good running backs, I think you could do it. If I was going to do it, um, I would do um, – I wouldn't give up. I know. I know. Jared just followed up in the in the chat um, with a, a follow up to this. But I no. I wouldn't trade Godwin or Amari, especially with Amari's about to get Deshaun Watson at QB, um, and Godwin. You know, he's just he's just Mister Consistent, yeah. And and Brady's they're the Bucks are are going to figure it out. Brady Brady doesn't look old and washed to me when you watch the the Tampa Bay games. The offense just looks slightly out of sync for whatever reason. But Brady, like in terms of his throws and and all that, um, the Bucks look fine, and I, I think they'll figure it out. Yeah, so. I, if I was going to offer it, I probably would offer Deontay Johnson and Garrett Wilson because I don't want to. Or I would offer Deontay Johnson and Lazard or Watson. I, I'd rather hold on to Watson, so I think his ceiling's a little bit higher. And I yeah. like Garrett Wilson, especially now yeah. with change of quarterback. And see if it, see if you know maybe they will. Uh, see if they'll do that, but uh, yeah, I don't want to trade Godwin or Amari. So, and I I don't feel great about trading Etn, but uh, if you have to, especially with you and you have Saquon, but that's what worries me. You have Saquon, Monty, and Gibson. Like, there's already a lot of question marks surrounding Monty. Like, rest of season, honestly, Saquon's starting to fall off, and so like Damian Pierce is kind of in that boat where that's kind of where he, where he's been too. So like, I would almost I know you're getting Waddle, and that's great, but like I feel like with the depth you have at wide receiver, you have a lot of depth there. And when you with you have Godwin and Amari already, I feel like you're okay. And so, like, I think I would rather yeah. have the better running back. And knowing knowing who his running backs are, I would agree. Yeah, I, I would keep Etienne in that situation. So, anyways, uh, so especially yeah, not- also, it's like it's uh, it's worth noting at this point in the year, if your good guys are getting hurt, depth is kind of irrelevant in the playoffs. Like, I would just go. I would just try to build your best starting lineup that you can build. Um. And like, yes, it's good to have options to choose from, but I mean, like if you're relying on rotational guys, uh, you're not going to win the playoffs anyways. So I would just think of trades and what makes your starting lineup the best and knowing that knowing what your running backs are and your wide receivers are, I think your wide receivers are better than your running backs. So I would, I would side with keeping the the stronger player at running back, which would be ETN in that, in that trade. So uh, yeah, I, I, I side with, with staying put there. Yeah. Uh, I agree. So anyways, I appreciate So once again, I appreciate everybody checking it out. I appreciate everybody following the show. This is our second show this week. We'll be get back again next week for week 13, which looks really, really good next week. Yeah. The, the slate. We're really excited about that it one. Does. We've already looked ahead. So I uh, appreciate everybody rocking with us. We will be back again next week. Everybody have a good rest of the weekend. Let's win some money this weekend. We'll see you guys again next week. Have a good weekend. Bye. Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the ball bounces. I see what you got, it measures in ounces. But that's a great boy. You're a big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man Don't tell me what it's like To be half a man It must break your heart To see what I
tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.